Welcome to Artists of New England. This is a podcast created to inspire you on your journey of artistic expression. Whether you are a career artist, a teacher, an emerging artist, or hobbyist, you can learn and gain support from your peers. We will explore the symbiotic relationship between these groups, lending insight and empathy towards each other. We will discover the where, when, why, and how of the creative process of artists living and working in New England, with occasional bonus interviews with gallery owners, collectors of fine art, and art historians. Perhaps today's show will bring you the aha moment you've been waiting for. Hello and welcome to Artists of New England with your host, Laura Casanari-King, and today I'm delighted to have with me Cynthia DeSando from Haverhill, Mass. So thank you, Cynthia, for being on the show. Oh, nice to be here, Laura. Yeah. I think we met in a Chris Volpe class. Is that right? Yes, we did. Yeah. Yep. At Western Avenue Studios. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was back in the day. Great fun. (laughs) Um, so tell us how you became a New Englander. Were you born here? Did you... Yes, I was born in Haverhill. Oh, wow. Have, and I'm living there now. Yeah. I lived in other places as well. Mm-hmm. I've lived in Boston and um, California and Berkeley. Wow. Back in the day. Yeah. Way back <laughs> in the day. Oh, that's nice. California. Um, so tell us, I always want to know the childhood splashes and dashes with art. Where did it start for you? Um Probably in elementary school, mm-hmm. um, I remember um, a friend was taking art classes, and um, she brought in a drawing or a painting. I can't remember what it was, but I was so taken with it, and I was very envious of wow. her ability to do that. Yeah, and uh, I think that's when I really recognized um, the power of visual expression. Wow! Because we didn't have art teachers at that time yeah. in elementary school or public school. Right. And uh, so that was probably um, an important moment. And did that spur you on to seek? Um, well, when I got to high classes? school, when I got to high school, I took art. Okay. Through my high school years, and um, I, I enjoyed it very much. Mm. Um, I it was during the '60s, the late '60s, and um, my art teachers were all very kind of funky. Hippie, yeah, yeah. Um, not too structured, yeah. <laughs> modernist yeah, yeah. Um, instructors, and I think I realized even then that I wanted to learn more technical information. Okay. But um, we had it was pretty loosely structured, but yeah. I enjoyed it nonetheless. Right. And did you have? Did you tend to fall right away to a particular medium? Um, we were able to explore lots of different mediums mm-hmm. in high school. So I did everything from sculpture to painting, did a lot of drawing. And, nice. Yeah. Good exposure. So well, the next step, what happened after that? Um, well, I started college and I went to a Catholic college. It was not too far from my hometown. Um, and they did not have a lot of art options. Mm-hmm. So I ended up um, transferring to a community college mm-hmm. and where I did take visual art. And I can't even remember the instructor's name, Yeah. but um, I did a lot of painting in that class. Um, and then eventually ended up at Goddard College in Vermont mm-hmm. um, and studied with a man named Jim Cahagan, who is a fabulous artist who's passed on. But um, did a lot of drawing, a lot of figurative drawing and mm-hmm. some painting up there. And after that, moved to California. Okay. So at what point... Um, what, what was your main career? Um, I was 
I was actually very interested in poetry and American mm. literature, yeah. but also drawn to visual arts. So I kind of have a, had a split personality about that. <laughs> and when I moved to California, um, I ended up working at a bookstore in Berkeley um, on Telegraph Avenue, which is considered to be the most curious intersection in the, uh -huh. in the nation. Yeah. Um, it was a very interesting environment. Um, but there were also a lot of artists there and I ended up studying drawing with um, a man named William Dubin, mm -hmm. who um, was a professor at California College of Arts and Crafts until they kind of ran him out of the department because he became a born-again realist. <laughs> and at that time, conceptual oh. art was, yeah, was yeah. really important. Right. And if you were on a different path, it was not really appreciated. I have heard that before, yeah. Yeah. Right. But um, so he gave classes in his apartment and um, there were maybe five or six of us. And he was, he was a very, he's a very bright man. He's still alive. He's in his 80s. Mm. Um, he's doing watercolor paintings now. Um, and I, so I, I really enjoyed um, being in his class. He was also an art historian. He knew a lot about um, 19th century British art. Mm. So I had a brief flirtation with the pre-Raphaelite artists and yeah. um, artists like uh, Alma Tagma, and then he, you know, he, he knew a lot. He was like nice. another instructor of ours, Chris Volpe, who has a really strong art history background. Right. Yeah. So it was, um, it was, it was great. Yeah. Well, that sounds thrilling. So from there, you, when did you become, um, or are you a full-time artist or part-time? Um, I, finance? I retired from teaching just about a year ago. Okay. And um, it was my plan to become a full-time artist. Okay. Um, my two children both had two children each. Mm -hmm. And so I'm in demand as a grandmother frequently. <laughs> yes. I just got back from two stints of grandparenting. I'm about um, to be. And they're all under four. So I am trying to help them out because I do know how difficult it is because they're all working full-time, their spouses right. and themselves. So... So I would still say that I'm a part-time artist, yeah. but um, but it's it's a daily practice, whether I'm doing it or looking at it or thinking about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's really good. So what did you teach for? I taught art. Oh, you did teach art. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, to when I when I finished school, um, I I took a hiatus in between California and getting my degree. Mm -hmm. And when I came back to New England um, with my ex-husband, we were living in Boston, and um, I finished my degree um, in, in art from Lesley University. Okay. It's not a Bachelor of Fine Arts, and if I could have changed one thing about mm -hmm. my background, I would like to have had a bachelor's degree in fine arts. Mm -hmm. um, there's some really great programs. I noticed that Todd mentioned the Philadelphia mm -hmm. Academy of Fine Arts. That's one that I think would be great. Um, also, Boston University looks like they had a pretty good program, or still do. Mm -hmm. So, um, and um, uh, so that's a minor regret. Yeah. Yeah. And so you taught what age? Uh, kindergarten through fifth grade, but nice. I also taught middle school, and I had other teaching experiences when I first started. So I mm -hmm. taught an alternative high school, mm -hmm. and I taught some art there and math mm -hmm. and journaling. <laughs> um, it was quite an, an 
uh, a unique program. Mm -hmm. um, so I've had a lot of different kinds of teaching experience, but um, have taught art out of the 28 years of teaching, um, I'd say 23 years. Wow. So at what point in that journey did you begin to realize your, your art is good enough to sell, that you might make that transition? Well, in the hiatus between Berkeley and Boston, I did do illustration work for some for Boston Globe of Boston. Yeah. And some magazines, Horticulture Magazine, um, Arnovia, which is the uh, botanical nice. magazine and, of and Harvard University. What mediums were you using for those? Um, watercolor, pen oh. and ink. Oh. Um, yeah. Nice. And um, I also did some work for the um, Audubon Society magazine in Massachusetts. Um, and there was another magazine called um, um, New Age Journal. I mm -hmm. did a, a centerfold for them, a big watercolor mm -hmm. of um, it's a group of organic vegetables. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then I did um, front page for the Audubon Society. So I like to say that I've been a, um, a centerfold and a cover girl. <laughs> I love it. In my illustration background. It. Very classy. I love it. Love it. And um, so do you still continue studying now? Oh, everyone. Everyone that's practicing art yeah. in any artistic discipline, in anything, whatever, mm. should, we all should consider ourselves lifetime, lifetime students. Student, yeah, Because you I can agree. possibly absorb everything that's out right. there. So what kinds of things do you like to do now? What, who? Who and where? What do you like to? Who do you study with? Um, oh well, <laughs> I'm a chronic student. Um, <laughs> the most um, recent workshop that I've taken is with Sue Charles, mm -hmm. who's a painter from um, Byfield, um, and she's she went through the Boston University um, BFA program, and she's been she had her children and then went back to painting. Um, she's up in Acadia right now. Uh, she's a she's a great painter. She's a member of the um, Newburyport um, Arts Association, but she she's a very modest woman, but she's a very, a very good instructor. She's great at um, providing you with um, insights and technical information. Mm. And she's um, she's very uh, positive, and she's she's very uh, she has a lot of she's has a lot of achievements, but she's yeah. but you still have to drag it out of her. She's kind <laughs> of a really neat person that way. Yeah. Um, I have studied with a lot of people mm -hmm. in this area, I, including Donald Journey, mm -hmm. Chris Volpe, as you know. Mm -hmm. I think Chris Volpe's been the greatest influence on me and my work. Um, he's a kindred spirit. Mm -hmm. um, his background in literature um, and the recent uh, series that he did called Loomings yeah. with uh, using tar yeah. oh, and okay. connecting um, the novel of uh, Herman Melville Moby Dick, to um, our current climate control problems mm -hmm. with using fossil fuels, mm -hmm. I thought was really um, yeah. so brilliant and unique, and yeah. I'm, I'm really just amazed and very um, proud of like what he's done right. with that that particular um, series that he did. I agree. I have seen it, and most of it, um, when it was down in a a library but then it went to Bedford and I think that it's yeah. to, to the Cape. So it moves around which is great. Yeah. I think it was even down in 
that's out somewhere anyway. Okay, so look that up too. That's great. So where can um, listeners see some of your work? Where would they go to see um, some of your work? Well, right now, they can come to Series Gallery at 23 Series Street in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, I have a work in private collections and... Um, you know, I did have a studio at Western Avenue Studios in Lowell okay. for a while, so I sold my work from there. Ah. Um, and I did have shows when I lived in Boston. Um, I had a show at the Arnold Arboretum and one at the Horticultural Society, and I had a great experience with one of them. A curator from Carnegie Mellon University came in and saw some of my work and invited yeah. me to be um, participate in an international show that they have every seven years. Wow. And it's an art collection that goes back to the 15th century. It's called the Hunt Institute for Botanical Documentation. But they have artwork that is connected to the plant world from all over the world, mm -hmm. including like the um, Spanish explorers from the 15th century that went to South America and brought artists with them yeah. to um, record the plants. And so they oh buy a couple cool. of my drawings. And so that was like my... 50 minutes of fame. That is so cool. They had a great opening, and we were invited to go and um, spend the weekend at a you know, formal dinner. Oh, my. <laughs> it was like, wow. Oh, this, I love this it. This must be like what the big timers do. <laughs> anyway, it was, yeah. it was nice. Yeah. So I am familiar, most familiar with your work of the present. Yes, you know, Which course. is just beautiful and stunning. Well, thank um, you. Do you, uh, has it changed over the years? What, how, what would be the, the prog, prog, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, the progress of your change, um, changes you've made. I, I will say that I'm, I'm not wedded to any particular, to any particular technical style. Okay. Um, in fact, I, you know, I, I like to experiment. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't want to be stagnant and you know being older you think um you know, i only there's only like you know on the back nine there's only a certain amount of time left and, and what what how do i want to use that time mm -hmm. um, i'm not so interested in, in um, repeating a specific style over and over and over again okay um though sometimes i think i should stick with it a little longer before i into something different. <laughs> I mean, I, I, the technical stuff that I learned from Bill Dubin in California was um, a very representational rendering technique, and so I, I can make things look mm. very representational and very solid and yeah. um, um, realistic looking. Right. But hopefully, with the, it goes beyond that. By somehow getting into whatever it is that I'm painting so that it takes on the life of what it is itself. Mm -hmm. I think that's the most important um, part of painting and drawing for me is when you experience um, being fused with the act of making art yourself. Yeah. You, you, being fu you fuse with the actual, there's no separation between you and what it is you're working on. Yeah. It's and it's a rare occurrence. Yeah. yeah. Because you know, there's a lot of frustration and yeah. there's a lot of um, you know, there's a lot of wipeouts and paint overs and mm. do overs. But when you have that experience, right, 
it's almost like there's nothing like it. There's and nothing slow. in it's something that yes, that the word is flow. Yeah. That's I what agree. I wrote my senior thesis on. Oh really? Yeah. The creative what was it what was the reason for the creative experience? And it's yeah. The pursuit of that. I mean, I'm sure it's something that people experience in yoga mm -hmm. or in music. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. And um, or any discipline, whether it's writing or Right, and it's it's elusive. It's not something you can force. No, and that no, it can be frustrating. It's, <laughs> it seems that it comes from elsewhere, mm -hmm. and you have to open yourself to it. Yeah, and then it appears right. in what you're working on. Yeah, I agree. So, what is it you strive to have your viewers um, get from your work when they're viewing? What do you want them to feel? Um. Hopefully, what I was experiencing while I was painting. Yeah. And um, I think I'm always, when I'm looking at art, I'm always looking for some type of meaning mm -hmm. in the painting, what, what meaning the artist was experiencing as they were working. Yeah. And do you ever, as your gallery sit here, do you ever have someone come in and... and you actually watch them make oh, that connection. Yes. Isn't that the most electrifying thing? Yeah. It, it, that happened recently to me with um, a lovely Irish gentleman that came in. And um, I had a still life on the wall that he actually went to the wall and took it off the wall <laughs> and stared at it. Wow. And he came in with an entourage, his children and several, several other people in his family. And, wow. um, Where was he from? I mean, was he visiting from Ireland? Yes. yes. And yes. Uh, <laughs> so he wanted the painting, but he wanted it at a, a significant discount. Uh, so he and I had a little interchange for a while. A little tussle. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny because I, you know, <laughs> I, I really don't enjoy the that part of it. Uh -huh. You know, like trying yeah. to figure out how much it's worth and, right. and having to sell it and seal the deal I mean yeah. it's it's much it, as you know when someone comes in you can just walk out with it, it makes it a lot easier on everybody yeah <laughs> yeah I agree so how do you choose subjects um I'm drawn to the the natural world as we all are and um I tend to um, stay away from man-made materials uh man-made subject matter mm -hmm. um, so I'm not sure where I'll go in the future mm. yeah and, and is um oil your primary medium yes though I do a lot of drawing yeah. I, I do draw with um, pen and ink and uh, pencil I do stu um, studies for composition and oh, nice. um, I just sent for a, um, a set of gouache which I haven't used before I am taking a workshop in France. And, oh, yes, in um, September with Dean Fisher, who um, he's considered to be a perceptual painter. I'm interested in painters that are in that yeah. sort of mode. Right. And um, so he uh, wanted us to bring gouache so that you, a water based mm. medium. So I'm looking forward to experimenting with that a little bit. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you do. Um, you do cross all um, levels of, you know, realism 
Yeah, to abstract. To abstract. You covered all so well. <laughs> I don't know how you can do all of it so well. Well, it's, I'm, I've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. Although it's part-time, <laughs> it's been a long time. Yeah. So I think that it, it's and just... obviously, you're only seeing what I consider to be a good representation. Mm -hmm. I've got, like, like I was working on cleaning up my mudroom, which is part, part of my studio area. And it's like mm -hmm. a lot of unfinished canvases of canvases that, you know, oh, I can do yeah. something with this. I, <laughs> I can bring some life to this. And where is your studio? At your home? It's Yeah, I'm working from my home now, um, mm -hmm. though I was in Western Avenue for two years. And I did have a studio in Haverhill. Mm -hmm. um, when my children were very little, I had a hand-painted clothing business. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I did a lot of um, art wow. shows with, with that, but it was like bread and butter. Yeah. But it was interesting. Well, that's, that is very cool. Um, so tell us what, I think, I'm, I, think I know what you're going to say based on some things you've already said, but what defines success for you as an artist? Um, well, um, I think it's striving for, for meaning and excellence in your work. Mm. Yeah, I think you actually put a quote on the series gallery. Yeah. Similar. Very, very good. Good one. And um, how about social media marketing? How do you... <laughs> <laughs> She's laughing. How, do you find it challenging? Do you just find it uh, worthwhile, not worthwhile? I, well, I, I, I think people overshare. Ah. Let, let me say that. Ah. So I think I go to the other extreme where I probably don't share enough. But sometimes um, I feel as if there's we're bombarded on social media. Yes, okay. on, on any screen, you're mm. bombarded with any any number of visual images. So if I'm going to put it out, put one out there, I'm hoping that it's um, <laughs> it's it's up to my standards. And, not that my, you know, they they never come up to your standards. I think every individual sets a higher standard for themselves than they can achieve. Mm -hmm. So I'm somewhat reluctant to do a lot of sharing. Mm. But I do um, I do enjoy the fact that you can look at artwork from people all over the globe. Right. Um, and you know. And I, how do you do that? What what um, platforms do you use? Um, uh, Facebook and Instagram. Oh, I, I, I have mixed feelings about Facebook and Instagram. Um, I like the fact that you can get a lot of. Actually, this has nothing to do with that, but you can get a lot of uh, con um, contemporary news mm -hmm. immediately as it's breaking. Mm -hmm. um, so you can sort of keep up to date with what's going on. And uh, as far as the arts concerned, obviously, um, you you can connect with many people mm -hmm. all over the globe um, so I, I really enjoy that aspect of it mm -hmm. and what about Pinterest what do you do with that oh I years ago I um, I started collecting um, paintings of artists that um, I admired mm -hmm. um, on Pinterest and I called um, I called the uh, what is it called the folder the the, you the category. I called it landscape obsessions. Because <laughs> and how many's in there now? 
I don't know, there's thousands. <laughs> I really should have made another folder. But, wow. And then I, then I just expanded it yeah. to figurative and yeah. um, still life. And then I started doing colors. And, yeah. But it's my personal museum. <laughs> yeah, I like that. It's, yeah. um, it's a great venue to... To keep something, Just and so it's it's like a reference, reference library. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you see, or what do you have any five-year goals? Let's say anything coming up that you like to share. Well, um, I, I would like to do. I want to do some traveling, and I would like to paint mm. in other places as well as this beautiful area that we live in. Mm -hmm. um, and two, I, I love plein air, and um, though I'm not as fond of plein air in winter when your hands get, and feet get really cold. <laughs> no, I'm not one of those either. Or wind. <laughs> yeah. But um, there are some real diehards, but yeah. But um, so I, I would like to do more of that, and and just be able to go and visit other countries and um, look at other artists' work. Mm. that I may not have experienced in person before because it is it is very different looking at a painting in person mm -hmm. than um, online or in a book. Yeah. Oh, very much so, yeah. I agree. Do you have any thoughts of teaching privately? I have taught privately. Oh. Um, this past year, um, you know, I had, had people say to me, oh, are you going to teach? Or, and I really wanted a, a solid year off from having the responsibility right. of preparation sure. and all that. I think I, I need a little more time, so mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Maybe down the road. Well, this has been great. I've learned so much more about you than I knew <laughs> before we started. Um, could you just give us some parting words of what's your nugget for all of us artists out there? Well, um, I just, it's, it's all about practice. Mm -hmm. This yeah. makes perfect, yeah. and um, and being open to um, other artists and exploring with new materials, and um, you know you have to identify what what's in your heart mm. and head and soul that um, that drew you to this in the first place. And um, I had a friend that was a poet that. Um, was going through a rough patch and he said well you know you just need to go out on the sidewalk and sit down on the curb and turn your face to the light yeah and that was probably the best advice i'd ever been given yeah there's always light somewhere yeah to find well thank you cynthia this has been delightful thank you right. i enjoyed it laura great we'll talk later bye-bye thanks if you found inspiration from today's show, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and share it with a friend or two on social media. Also, take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes or share your takeaways from today's show on artistsofnewengland.com under today's episode. And while you're there, you'll find links to the topics mentioned in today's show. And don't forget to peruse the growing library of podcasts and resources. Thanks for listening. You got beauty to share with the world that no other human has. So get in the ring and pick up that brush.